Hello, everyone, and welcome to Heresy Cast, Episode Zero Mic Check. I am your host, Ed, and alongside me tonight, the young Primarch himself, Gabriel. Gabe, how's it going? Hi, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> um, so, our full cast is not here. Uh, unfortunately, Sean, our third chair, was not able to make it tonight. He had some plans, but this is just a mic check. Uh, whether or not anyone actually listens to this episode, eh. It, it, this is more along the lines of us testing the technology and see how things go. But let's give an opportunity to give an opportunity to say who we are and what we're going to be doing in this particular podcast. So, for starters, it is going to be a Warhammer 40k podcast, specifically around everything around it. That includes the lore, the hobby, and actual game time. I think we're going to get probably competitive adjacent. Um, we are keeping an eye on what's going on competitively in the game, so we know what armies are good, what units are good, what strategies are working. But that's not the main focus of the game. I think there's plenty of other podcasts out there that actually do that much better, and I don't want to attempt to um, compete in that space. Uh, it's more along the lines of just kind of keeping an eye on what's good. So, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Ed. I have been playing Warhammer 40k since 2002? Somewhere around there. I started at the tail end of 4th edition. Um, and we've had a, I've had a love-hate relationship with the game, I'm not going to lie. So from 4th edition until 6th edition, I was pretty darn competitive. Um, going to big tournaments, things along those lines. Um, big GTs back in those days. And then 7th edition rolled around and they started playing around with things like the formations that were coming out. And it was just, it, it, the game felt very unbalanced. And I walked away and I spent a lot of time playing the game of X-Wing. Uh, I moved from 40k to X-Wing. Um, but when 9th edition came out, like, I really got super interested in it again. And luckily, I it's scratching my itch right now. I'm kind of walking away from X-Wing and just walking back to 40k. Gabe, how about you? How about a little bit of history for you? Because you have a better story than I do. I have a better story. You've so uh, he. My name is Gabe. Uh, I got roped into this whenever I was very young, like seven or eight. Uh, we should probably let them know you. You are my son, and you are, yeah. we, are, we are recording this at home. But around seven or eight, he got me roped into all this, and I just I initially picked up orcs. That was my first thing. And then t taking probably Space Marines or something default to tournaments. I don't even remember what edition I played in. But uh, you actually started in 5th. Well, so you were playing in 5th edition with me. Fair enough. But I was also bullying and beating up adults at tournaments and winning games that I probably shouldn't have as a young age that I was. And then I just kind of got away from tabletop stuff. And then I found Death Guard. I found their lore. And I've been very much enjoying playing them in ninth edition. So was it conversations that I was having? Because it was interesting to me. I've offered before. Like, I've offered, hey, Gabe, I'm going up to the game store. Do you want to come? And it's always like, nah, I'll pass. I've got this video game. I've got this one other thing. Something was different about this one. I'm not sure what it was. You started taking your orcs up, but one of the first things that you said I was super proud of you for was like, well, I took orcs because they were funny. And because I was young, and they made me laugh, and that was the fun army. But what was interesting to me was 
not only did you choose to go to the game store, like we have a, a lot of friends, a lot of our friend group kind of circles around our tabletop games. And I don't know if it's just a question of like, yeah, it was something different to go and do. I mean, you have to keep in mind, Ninth edition launched right around the time the pandemic started. So it was kind of nice whenever we were able to actually go to a game store and actually play against other people. But almost immediately once you're there, you're like, okay, this is not the army for me. Like, I could tell that that was not the army that you wanted to be playing. And then I don't know what it was. I don't know what lore it was. I don't know what you read. But at one point in time, you're like, this is the army I want to go with. So Death Guard, it was credit where credit is due. I stumbled upon the Adeptus Ridiculous podcast. And I think they did one episode on Death Guard that, like, piqued my interest. But then I went and read the Lords of Silence book from uh, the Black Library and that got me hooked on it hmm. because it's just it it describes the death garden like an almost it's like it's like an anti comedy where like it's not intended to be funny but it still is really funny nurglings are hilarious just the way that they all function is really funny to me and that a lot of Death Guard are just laughing and enjoying life. Is that the book where, like, nerglings are, like, pets and, like... <laughs> like, like, falling like, out of the ceilings and, and, like, Death Guard come home from work and they actually have, like, an actual home life and, like... Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, great. It's just so funny. But so it's, like, it went from what was funny to me as a kid being orcs to just Death Guard are slow and funny and they're just enjoying themselves. But no, I think it was definitely just listening to lore videos also mortarian is just kind of cool yeah so of course that was the uh, the christmas list for i think probably 2021 no because you how long have you been building that army now since because i don't know if that was christmas of 2020 like during the pandemic where we started i think 2020 was when i got morty for yeah. christmas okay so then you got so then it did it started at the, the tail end of 2020 and you started rolling through on that yeah so, uh, why don't you go a little bit deeper? Uh, aside from the fact that the lore is funny, what are your like? It, it matches a playstyle for you. Yeah, my playstyle is very much. <laughs> you can't like 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 come at me, bro. And poxwalkers are really funny and super resilient. So like, I love putting a big blob of poxwalkers and just laughing as artillery takes four turns of shooting to take it out. Sit down and take down a knight with poxwalkers. With poxwalkers. <laughs> watch that happen. But just, they're very slow and methodic, and so it gives me a lot more... It's like chess. Yeah. It's like everybody else is trying to play this rocket... Like, like everybody's going really fast, while well, I can just think very methodically and slow and just be like, okay, they still have to come into me. I can just sit here and I can wait here and I don't have to do anything here. And then on the turn that I get to attack, it's like a truck, just a parked truck going from zero to 60 is what Death Guard play, like play style feels like. Just It's very slow. It's like chess. And then you spring the trap. Ladies and gentlemen, Deshrel Terminators. Because <laughs> they just come popping out of a corner and they're like, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> and the whole squad's gone. Yeah, that, that, that happened. All right, so for me, a little bit of history-wise, I think how I ended up getting into the game, I didn't, for me, it wasn't lore. It was a friend of mine, uh, Chad, who was supposed to be on this show, but uh, things have happened that he's not going to be able to quite make it. Um, 
I think I had light contact with it. I remember picking up Warhammer Fantasy when I was in high school. Me and a buddy of mine, Mike, had gotten into Warhammer Fantasy. We had bought the uh, the starter box set, and this had to be probably be the fourth edition box set. I don't remember. Uh, I couldn't tell you what armies were in it, but I do remember picking up um, Fantasy because, you know, our friend group at the time played a lot of D&D. We were playing Magic. It just kind of fell into line. And then one day we're going up there to pick stuff up and the thing that we were looking for wasn't there. And the the hobby store also had the third edition, no, the fourth edition starter set for 40K. Well, we went up there to buy something. We're like, oh, well, we'll give this a try. And it came with, I think it was the, it was Dark Eldar at the time. They're always going to be Dark Eldar to me, even though I know they're Drukhari now for copyright infringement reasons. Um, it was Dark Eldar and Marines, I think, were in that box set. And that was, I think, probably the only thing I bought. I do recall at some point in time picking up some nids during that time frame, too, because I had the old, like, Aliens Queen uh, Hive Tyrant, which I've since gotten back. Um, but then then it just kind of went away. Like, it was like one of those things, like, you, picked, you put a little bit of money into it, you kind of played it. We only played some games in the basement kind of thing, and that, that was kind of about it. But Chad hung on to the game, and he's he has been... Corn Chaos Space Marines from the beginning until today. Like I don't think he's like I think he's lightly touched on Tau, but beyond that, it has been corn, corn, corn the entire time. Um, so I remember probably right after you were born, Gabe. Some maybe in the in and around that time frame, because um, we were at that we were at that old house. Uh, he came over to show some models he'd been painting. I think he just finished painting his Bloodthirst, and I'm like, oh, man, this game looks so cool. And, of course, you get onto the Games Workshop website, and I'm like, oh, man, this was really, really cool. And for me, I'm looking through the sites, and I, whenever I run any D&D campaign for the longest time, I had this thing for doing undead campaigns, and I came across the Necrons. And completely not having any idea what was good or what wasn't good at that point in time, I got them because, well, they're undead skeletons in space. They have to be good, so that's what I went with. Turns out that towards the tail end of 4th edition, um, Necrons were just abominantly good. Uh, one of the strongest armies in the game. I didn't know that at the time. Um, it, running three monoliths, two Catan, and a bunch of warriors and immortals was, and a couple of destroyers was all you really needed, and you could table people. Um, that wasn't what my intent was, but that's what I ended up with. Um, and then 5th edition rolled around. And then all of a sudden, vehicles started losing their um, their rigidity. They started uh, melting and started becoming a thing. Started becoming a thing. Uh, MSU started becoming a thing. And yet, every unit in the in the game was carrying a melting gun so they could take out a tank with one shot, which happened all the time. So then, all of a sudden, Necrons weren't very good. So I then moved on to all right. Well, what's what other things do I like? Well, I absolutely adore the Alien franchise. Uh, I'm a gigantic fan, and well, they. Games Workshop may or may not have borrowed Gene Steelers from that particular franchise, so then I moved on to Tyranids, and it also turned around that the Tyranids turned out to be really, really good. But Tyranids is whenever I really started getting my taste for actually playing competitively. This is whenever we used to play at the Vault, um, and they used to have like literally like Tuesday tournaments kind of thing where they would have a tournament where they'd have a tournament on Saturday, and I was going up and playing Tyranids all the time, all the time, and. In and around that time is whenever you started getting into the game. And that's whenever the 5th edition, edition box set came out. So in that 5th edition box set, because I'm trying to buy orcs for Gabe, you inadvertently ended up with a bunch of Space Marines. Because Space Marines are in every 
single starter set from the beginning of think I think third edition. I don't know that there was a starter set in second edition. I could be wrong. Someone can correct me on that. Um, but I think Space Marines have been in every single starter set from the beginning of them doing starter sets. And because we were buying so many, was, what a great deal that box was. Because I mean, it had like, it was a boy squad. A, t- a full 20, or well, not full, but 20, uh, 20 boy squad. I think it was that, a war boss, and like three death copters or something? A- and five knobs. Oh, that too, yeah. So you had a squad of five knobs, you had a squad of 20 boys, you had the war boss, which we have oodles into those floating around here, and then the three death copters. But quite literally, that box set cost $60. So you could buy half of it on eBay for 20 bucks because nobody wanted the orcs. So we were quite literally getting the full half of those. Like I, I, I think every single orc you own, every single orc boy you own, came from that Assault on Blackreach set. I think so, yeah. But because you're doing that, you inadvertently end up with a crap ton of Space Marines. So whenever Tyranids got their new book in 5th edition, and it sucked because Robin Credits is a jerk and doesn't know how to write a codex, I then ended up having not one, but two armies that functionally did not work well in the game. And I was really getting into competitive play. We were really doing, we were doing tournaments almost every other weekend. And I wanted an army that did well. And that, that just happened to be the same point in time that Space Wolves came out. So I took all the Space Marines I had, got a bunch of missile launchers and some rhinos, and then boom, I made a really competitive um, Space Wolves list for the entirety of 5th edition. 6th um, edition rolled around. I rolled back, bounced back to, to Necrons because Wraithwing was a big thing. Had running 18 Wraiths and a whole bunch of the croissants. It was fantastic. Had a oodles of fun with that list. Took, took that to a big GT as well. And then I kind of, like, just dropped off. Um, that was right in the time the game started getting a little unbalanced and went over to X-Wing for a really, really long time. Came back and had still had all my stuff. I never got... I'm not one of those players that sells an army to buy an army. I, I have every model pretty much that I've ever owned. I think I had a touch of when I, I, I got... There's some Tau stuff that we got rid of. And I had, I had Eldar for a little bit and then kind of got rid of it. They just didn't match my play style. But anyway, so long story short, that's, those were the armies that I've been playing in 9th edition. And then I ended up with a Sisters of Battle army. And I'm absolutely loving the Sisters of Battle army. So between the two of us, we have six armies in the house. Because we have right Space now. Marines, Tyranids, Death Guard. We still have Orcs. Necrons, Sisters. sisters. Yeah. Yeah. Six. six. Six armies between the two of us. And we have all the books. Everything's sitting over on the shelf, though. If we ever want to pick up any one of those, we absolutely can get started. Um, but yeah, so those are the armies that we play. Um, and the reason... Oh, the re- why did I want the sisters? I forgot to mention. Why did I want sisters? Because, obviously, I fell into Space Wolves because, well, I had Marines and Space Wolves were good. So I just... I painted them a generic paint scheme so they could be any chapter I wanted them to be. Um... Why did I want sisters? I wanted sisters because the lore is so cool. It's easily, arguably, from the Imperium side, it's the best, I feel, the best lore from the Imperium side. Marines are Marines, and Bolter porn is cool. If you want to listen to some of the cool books, or go into Audible and get all the cool Make Space Marine books, they'll absolutely have some of the most fantastic Bolter porn stories you can get. But the the fluff and the lore behind the Adeptus Sororitas and the Sisters of Battle 
is just so cool. And the fact that, like, they legitimately have an argument when it comes to say that they're in the right because they're able to pull off miracles that no other Imperium force does. Inquisitors don't do it. Space Marines don't do it. Grey Knights don't do it. Custodies don't do it. The the Sisters of Battle are able to take grievous wounds and heal them with just their faith in the Emperor, and it works. So I'm just saying, of all of them, I think they're the closest one to what the Emperor considers to be correct. Just throwing that out there. My favorite part is that the Sisters are, like, the most evil faction Period. Oh God! <laughs> Period. Well, you have to consider like like any person, a, a, any one of the the women that are inside that power armor are fanatical religious right. The, legit, like they only put the crazy ones in the battle armor because not everything in the Adeptus Sororitas is part of the Sisters of Battle. They they have other orders inside the Adeptus Sororitas. You have the ones that are hospital leaders that are that are just doing like the medic work. You have the dialogists that are actually just doing translations. You have those that are in charge of keeping royal houses or keeping uh, royal houses is probably not the right word. Keeping the high lords houses. Like there's so many different orders. Only the crazy ones are the ones that get to be in the battle armor and actually go into combat. So like yeah, they're they're, they're really good. So I, I absolutely love in the whole like they're also in, arguably I think the best looking um, Imperium army that they, they sell. Like, everything is dripping with Imperium iconography. Like, they have a, they have an organ on a tank. They have an organ pipe missile launcher. On it, like, literally, there is someone piloting the Exorcist in the back just playing the organ. That's all they do. Like, it's like, it, it, it's absolutely fantastic. It's really cool fluff. And again, inadvertently, I wanted to get the army because this was my lore army. This is the army that I wanted to play, not because they were good, because at the time of wanting to do build the army, they weren't particularly good. And then Nephilim comes out for 9th edition, and it turns out they're one of the strongest armies in the game. So I keep inadvertently backsliding into strong armies, not on purpose. It just happens. <sighs> All right, so how long have we been? We've got about 17 minutes. I think it's probably a good sound test. Let's cover over um, how the show's going to work, just to make sure that we're on the same page. So how we're going to do this is we're going to, at the moment, we're going to release every two weeks. So every two weeks, you're going to get a new episode, and those episodes are going to be broken down into specific areas. Um, we're going to start off where every, I feel, 40K player should start off with the lore. So episode one... Uh, that's probably something we should cover. Sean, our third chair, um, has Space Marines because he has picked some stuff up, but has not really played a game. He's played a couple of pickup games where they're just learning the rules, but he doesn't know the rules of the game, doesn't know a ton about the lore of the game. So a lot of this show is going to be us explaining the game, not only for new people who are listening to the show, new players, but we're also going to explain it to Sean, too. Uh, and our episode one is going to be... Uh, the history of the galaxy, the short version, because you and I've had this conversation, Gabe, where when someone asks us what 40k is, there's a short version, and then there's the 
sit down for an hour because I re- because explaining what the lore to this game is is not a five minute conversation. So I want to have that hour long conversation with Sean to kind of get him. And I've got four pages worth of notes on the stuff we're going to cover on that. Um, so yeah, so that's going to be episode one. The, we're ideally shooting for um, bite-sized, quote-unquote, consumable uh, podcast. So we're shooting for the hour-long range, kind of plus or minus maybe 10 or 15 minutes tops if we get onto a really good run. But like, that's it. Like, We don't want to be doing like these two- to three-hour marathon shows. They're just going to be about an hour, uh, sometimes less, sometimes more. Uh, we'll have shows that focus in specific areas. So we're going to do a lot of lore shows. We're going to do a lot of gameplay shows, too, like talking about how to play the game, strategies of the game, what are the cool armies in the game? That kind of thing, specifically on the tabletop. But we're also going to do, uh, from time to time, hobby ones. Now, the downside to doing hobby ones is the medium that we're doing. It's an audio medium. So we're going to recommend that you go to the YouTube channel at Dice 8 Productions and watch. Because we, if you're able to go and do so, you'll be able to see that we're going to try to put up pictures in there to do a little bit of a visual guide as well. So if you're only listening to this in the audio format and Spotify or wherever Chris puts this up... Um, that's cool, but we're going to recommend you go over to the YouTube channel for those specific hobby ones because there's going to be I, even small videos, hopefully, if we can, getting playing in the background of how to apply the paint, how to apply a wash, how to do all this. We're going to try to cover all of that stuff. Anything you think I missed? Not that I can think of. That's pretty pretty good coverage. So every two weeks, about an hour show. It usually is going to be a three-chair show with Sean here. Chris, our producer for of Di- over at Dice Haze Productions, will probably be joining us usually in the background, not saying anything. Um, he did say that he wanted to join in on the sh- on the um, the lore shows because he hasn't really played 40K in a really long time, so he feels like he's not going to be able to necessarily contribute to the actual gameplay stuff, but the lore, the lore is eternal as far as I'm concerned, uh, so he'd love to hop in on those conversations. So I think that's going to do it for this one. Uh, again, just a really short one, just kind of get our mic checked and see how Chris does with the editing. Don't know if this is ever going to see the light of day, but if it does, you probably saw it on the YouTube channel. I'll save all of the stuff uh, for advertising later, because there is a Discord, there is a subreddit, but we're going to save all that for episode one. So until next time, guys, thanks for joining us.